0: Thanks for joining us for season eight of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen, making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy.
1: And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Schatzie. And together, we're the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And Jimmy, I am exhausted. It has been a whirlwind of travel. I mean, International Food Manufacturers Association, MERTEC, I mean, and, and, and now Vegas. I mean, we'll be doing so many podcasts in Vegas that RFDC, it is just great, great to be back in Vegas. And... Finishing up a year of incredible travel uh, here in Vegas, it's the way to do it. And we got a great guest, great guest today, and we're going to have a really good time, Jimmy. I'm excited. I I missed, as well. I missed you, by the way. Uh, you know, in Scottsdale, we, we everyone was asking, where's Jimmy? At the International Food Manufacturer Association with our friends from Nestle and Hershey and Pepsi. I mean, everybody was there, and everyone's, where's Jimmy?
0: I heard I missed uh,
1: Perry had a little uh, rolling cigar action going on. And, roll and cigar? he rolling cigars. Ugh. He had his friend there rolling Ugh. cigars, and he is coming to New York in January, and he is bringing us a whole bunch of cigars, and we're going to have a blast with All Barry. Right.
0: All right. Well, I'm enjoying myself here at RFDC. You know what I call this show, Shatsy? You know I love this show? It's, it's the money. It's the money show. It's the, the Money, show. money, show. It's oh, the money yeah. show. It's the Money Show. All right. All right. Enough about that. We've got a great guest. We're very excited for today's episode. Uh, today we have our friend and the legendary Karen Stutz. Karen has held court at Wendy's, Applebee's, Brinker, Cozy, Red Robin, and before moving and settling into her current position as president
1: and CEO of Native Foods. What By the what way. So Wendy's? I, Wait, if we get Wendy's? We... I, I led with Wendy's. Oh, you led with Wendy's? W- I started with Wendy's. Well, I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to that part. What? <laughs> I told you. What? Yeah, exactly. What? I toned out. I toned yes. out. Yes, and that
0: yes, that is quite a resume. Quite a resume. But before we get started with Karen, we're gonna jump into our new segment, Trivia Tuesday. We release our podcast every Tuesday. We now introduce a new segment called Trivia Tuesday. All you taco Tuesday people, stop sending us hate mail. Okay. We're not Taco Tuesday. We're Trivia Tuesday. Each week, we'll share a fun trivia question about our guests. And here's the catch. You'll have to tune in to the end of the episode to find the answers. So true or false, here we go. True or false, Karen convinced George Clooney to work a shift at Wendy's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. True or false, so, Karen so, convinced George Clooney to work a shift at Wendy's.
1: I mean, I, I mean this is going to be – I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear the story behind this. This yeah. is going to be a big one. I mean, George Clooney. I mean, really, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy. Yes. That's one good-looking that's, that's good guy. Yeah, by the way,
0: in the category of way too much information, way TMI, George Clooney's on my list, my wife's list of, of, of
1: five. My, oh, my, my really? Wife, my wife gets a list of five. George <laughs> yeah. Clooney's on the list. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I can yeah. see. I bet you had yep. Brad Pitt on that list too. Yep. I could probably, probably name the list. And you who's not? You know who's not on the list? I know Jimmy. who's not on the list. <laughs>
0: Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy's not on the list. That's who's not on the list. And I'm going to bail on that topic before I get myself deeper in trouble. Okay, Karen, we're going to bring it back to you, and I know you're now going, who the hell vote with these guys? <laughs> yeah. um, we'll let you take the lead. Can please give us a little background about yourself, and of course, your elevator pitch on Native Foods.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, guys. It's uh, already going to be a lot of fun. I can tell uh, just by the uh, by the introduction, and uh, first of all, you had me and George Clooney, obviously, and I think he's on everyone's list, so no big surprise <laughs> there. <laughs> I That's could true. See, I could see Brad Pitt. Mine would be Dave Grohl. I mean, the Foo Fighters. Oh, my okay. God,
0: oh,
1: my, my. does it
2: get any better than did that?
1: You, you, have you spoken to my wife? Are you reading my <laughs> wife's list? Yeah, I think there's. It there must be one list going around out here Jimmy.
2: I oh. don't know. I don't know, but you know, I think I. I mean, I, I could go to a concert every night of my life. I would do that. But hey, we're in the. Food business so we're working a lot of nights and uh, that's yes. okay too uh, but let me tell you a little bit about native foods and uh, just again thanks for having me you guys bring the energy you bring the entertainment and that's what our industry is all about we got to remember that uh, and uh, and continue to think about that every day we walk into our restaurants but uh, you, you you mentioned all the restaurants that I worked at which basically just kind of shares my age Next year will be my my fifth, fifth decade finishing in the business. So I've been doing it for a long time.
1: That's like 30 years, right, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, I guess so. She
1: started very early. She started as a
0: taster when she was in kindergarten. You started very early. Taste the nuggets. Try
2: these nuggets. You know, the sad thing is I remember, like, all of those products rolling out, right? I mean, high school, I was working at McDonald's. We were on Lake Street in Aurora, Illinois, one of the 10 restaurants testing breakfast, trying to explain people what an egg McMuffin was, right? We all know that now, but uh, that's how long I've been around. Uh, and you never do anything else. The, this industry is so much fun. I think if you look at my career, I followed the growth. You know, you started with quick service restaurants, moved into casual dining restaurants, and now fast casual restaurants. And you could also say now where I am today with Native Foods, plant-based. That's where the growth is. And, um, I think it's going to be fun to watch it, you know, continue to take off. Native Foods is this little wonderful brand. We call ourselves the OG of plant-based restaurants because we were around in 1994, long before anybody was thinking about plant-based restaurants. And our food's just fantastic. I hope you guys get a chance to try it when you come to one of our markets. We're in 12 restaurants in three states, uh, Colorado, uh, California, and uh, Illinois in the Chicago market, where I'm talking to you today. And, uh, you know, we kind of got a different lane. You see a lot of restaurants right now starting to merge in, in, uh, the, in the plant-based space. And I would say there's six or seven of them that are all trying to be the vegan Shake Shack. Right now, burgers, fries, and, and shakes, we're a little different. Uh, we're really leaning into vegan comfort food, delicious, nostalgic menu items with a twist, And uh, we just hired the chef. His name is uh, Chris Birdkey out of St. Louis. The guy's a rock star, uh, confident. You know, I just talked about music. He's a punk rock band player and all that. Man, can he cook? And he's just bringing a lot more innovation to our brand as well. But it's a it's a fun space to be in right now. So much innovation and uh, just I think the best of plant based is yet to come.
1: I, I love it. I love it. And I, you know, just doing a little menu searching. Yeah, you guys are a lot more than burger. You got bowls. I mean, you got a whole, uh, a whole slew of other foods and salads and soups and everything. So I can't wait to get out to one of those. But before we take a deeper dive into native and what makes what makes Karen Stutz tick? Before we do that, okay, <laughs> let's just talk about, you mentioned a little earlier, we know your illustrious career that Jimmy went over. You've worked at every single restaurant group in the entire world. <laughs> but you started at a little company called McDonald's M- as M- a cashier. Mc M- M- what? Mc Mc who?
2: <laughs>
1: and, and and before you get into it, so I want to know how you got to McDonald's as a cashier. What were you doing? How old were you? And when did you come up with the idea for McNuggets? <laughs> I heard that was your idea. Jimmy, that's breaking news. <laughs> that's breaking news. That's they originally were going to call it something. McCarran, but they <laughs> went with McNuggets, and that was Karen's idea.
2: <laughs> well, I, I wish that was the case, but actually, yeah, McDonald's was my first job I guess first, like official job, you know, we grew up uh, in a little in Aurora, Illinois. And, uh, you know, we I'm, I'm one of those people that's kind of about the American dream. We really grew up with uh, not, not a lot of a lot of means, but just my mom was incredibly driven and my dad was the nicest guy on the planet. So somewhere in between, I think I got that from both of them. Look, I was in high school. We were on the high school cheerleading team. McDonald's came in at a career fair and got us all to sign up. So that's how I started. My twin sister and I, we would drive our tandem bicycle, or ride our tandem bicycle. I want to say, you know how we used to say, like, 14 miles to, uh, to the McDonald's. really wasn't that far. Probably a mile or so. We had our uniforms on. I can remember the construction guys all like, bring me a Big Mac, you know. <laughs> we, we just had a lot of fun working there. And, uh, you know, I, I think when I think about my career... I remember what my, I think they figured out my sister and I, maybe we were a little smarter than the people working there. So, end of night, we were closing. We were doing all the inventory, all the paperwork. And uh, I my, called my dad. I said, Hey, dad, you know, we got to, uh, can you wait a little bit? Um, we're going to be late uh, to, to pick us up because we were there closing. My dad would actually come and get us. But uh, I said, I've got $20,000 in my hand. Twenty thousand in cash, right? This is in the seventies, long before (laughs) everybody was paying with credit card. And I think it was that moment when I look back at my career because we were first generation college students. Where of course your parents want you to be a dentist or a doctor. Mm -hmm. And uh, between my junior and senior year, I went and interviewed three dentists who all hated their jobs. And I'm thinking, I love being in the restaurant business. Uh, So that was really one of the reasons I think you know my parents were like, yeah, there's some money there because. Back then, my dad had never even made $20,000 in his entire yeah, what, life. What did
1: you do with that 20000 in cash, by the way? See those <laughs> earrings? Dad jumped see those and earrings? And run? <laughs> See the earrings she's wearing? She still no, has those. I, I still want to know
2: where that $20,000 went. I know. Gosh, you know, I'm so, I'm so honest. I mean, it's yes. so, it went right to the bank, but it was really pretty cool. But I think the other thing that, you know, you would walk in and we were there, and I'd see these guys who were area directors. they come in. And I swear like they would they would walk behind us because it was always the girls in the front. They called it the lobby, right We worked the window and the guys always got to work in the kitchen. So they would come and they'd whip that bag open they'd punch their come on girls, let's go faster, faster. I mean that was to me the leadership skills that skills that they brought and I think God, I can do better than that. But the thing that was exciting is they all had a brand new company car. And I thought that was something our family never had. So, my first aspiration was just to be an area director so I could have a car, a brand new car. Hey, you know what, Shotzi, by the time 1980, I was driving a brand new Buick Century. I had arrived.
1: I had arrived. With velour velour bucket seats.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think it was that fancy. I think you had to roll up and down the window still, but I was—I thought that was pretty cool. Then I joined this group called Women's Food Service Forum. They did a survey and said, how many of the women back then, there was probably only 100 of us, it was early, uh, early on uh, in there, it would, would aspire to be a CEO? And the answer was zero. Nobody had thought about it. And then I thought, why not me? Why wouldn't I try to become that? And so-
1: Think of the car you would get.
2: I know. I know. Nice
1: the Buick Century, the CEO.
2: You remember back in the days, like you know, well, again, I'm a lot older than you guys, but you know, the cars never were rust proof. So I remember even with my family, we would ride in the the the, the floor in the back would be like kind of rusted through because you didn't have the money to go to Z bars. Yeah,
1: they had rustoleum back then. Yeah i love
0: it i love it I, I i particularly how you got the bug you got the hospitality bug at such a young age uh my first job um other than babysitting uh was was a bar back and a bus boy at a local joint and and that's where i fell in love uh with the industry back when i was in high school as well all right listen i want to i want to talk about plant-based foods Sure. in the us alone plant-based foods is a 7.4 billion dollar market that was and a b jimmy that was a that's a b that's a billion 7.4 billion We're and banned. they're going three times as fast as overall food sales at grocery retailers nationwide okay big number Big growth, and despite these numbers, there are still, you know, let's 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 be honest. There's still some uh, weary customers, um, and we've all heard the myth. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I I know why I got to to share this story because uh, I resemble this remark, but that the excess soy in uh, some of these plant-based foods can
1: cause man boobs. Yep. I said it. I went there. I said it. Man boobs. Um, I I, I swear I've never heard that before. I swear I've never heard that. Is this true? Is this really? Are you making that up? I'm not making it up. You can Google it, See, Google is G-O-O. You need two O's,
0: uh, G-L-E. Karen, can you please not only be our myth buster, um, but also uh, let us know your philosophy on plant-based at native foods
2: <laughs> jimmy you had to go there uh, i had geez. to go definitely
1: that was dead <laughs> he definitely read on twitter last week
2: <laughs> every time we try to get that myth to die somebody brings it up but it makes me laugh and yes there are people that come in the restaurants every day they just believe that Look, first of all, it's definitely a myth. It's not supported by any type of medical literature. Jimmy,
1: take off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no what? one needs to play baseball more than Jimmy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. Look, I mean, the scientific part of it, soy contains what they call isoflavones. Uh, again, I'm a, a food nutrition major, so but they fall into this category called phytoestrogens. And so, the minute you hear estrogen, right, people are thinking, "Oh my God, it's going to create these." man boobs and create this crazy myth and you know it was funny because it was starting to die down for a long time and if you've seen that tv show called blackish they hmm. they had an episode where they brought it up and then everybody come in was kind of asking that same question where it kind of perpetuated that myth all over again so yes guess we're asking about it but you know soy is such a great great uh i guess a vegetable the way you can think of it right it's a great protein 100% 100% complete protein. You kind of describe that if you've got all nine essential uh, amino acids. And, you know, you, I mean, you think about plant-based. Everything that we have in our restaurant just comes out of your garden. How much how much better can that food be, right? It helps you with lower cholesterol. But even if you didn't want to go with soy, look at the innovation that's coming out, whether it's pea protein, fava bean, vital wheat gluten, so many great opportunities. Quinoa, all those things are complete proteins. Um, that really just give you one more thing you can add to your diet, uh, you know that uh, that just could could make you a little healthier. So
1: I love I love it. I love I love soy. I love all I every version of soy. I love it. And um, let me ask. I mean, seven and a half billion dollar market. So Karen, what advice do you have for operators out there, if if any, or if you or if you want to just keep it all to yourself, you don't have to share. <laughs> but what advice do you have for operators who? don't have any plant-based menu items now, but they they're thinking about it. they're listening here and they're like, you know, we've got to get more man boobs out there. Let's get more <laughs> soy products. How do I get some plant-based foods on my menu? Because I want to see more man boobs. What do you what do you got out there? What do you think?
2: Well, uh, we gotta put that myth to bed there, Shotsi. Okay.
1: But forget that. No man boobs. I'm just kidding. There's no man boobs. Yeah, I've been um... eating I've been eating vegetarian and soy-based things. And I gotta tell you, if I take my shirt off, beautiful boobs. No man boobs here. Okay. <laughs> What if I, say, if I want to put some plant based on? where would you start? What's the first couple of items you would do on the menu? Seriously, um, as as to to kind of introduce your consumer base to plant based foods.
2: Look, I I think we're seeing it in the marketplace. Just about everybody is typically going to go out and try one of the one of the new burgers, right? I mean, and, and they've been around for a while. Whether it's the Beyond Burger, or the Impossible Burger, you know, they're easily. Uh, uh, it, you know, found in all the distribution channels, because that's one of the biggest ch- uh, challenges sometimes with, uh, with plant-based, is that there's such a small number of people using it, how do you get it to the restaurants? And so mm-hmm. those two are the easiest. So people start with burgers. Where I see people screw it up is you can either go all in or you don't. So you put a burger on the menu, but you put real cheese, you don't get a bun that's, you know, that's, uh, that's vegan as well. And so now you, you're gonna just sit in the middle. I, I don't get that. If you're gonna go in, go all the way in. Use, just put a product in that's vegan, that's gonna be, you know, if your vegan person is your veto vote, they're gonna come there and try it. Uh, but if you go halfway in, you, it, I just think that you're making a big mistake. But that's that's my opinion, And uh, uh, but people continue to do it. We've seen McDonald's come in with McPlant, McPLT, come and gone, right, beyond uh, nuggets at KFC, Panda's got the Beyond uh, Nuggets. I tried that bowl the other day. Um, you know, everybody's dabbling in it. And I think, first of all, it's just an easy sustainability message, right? Because we all know the difference of plant-based agriculture and animal agriculture, that it's much better for the environment. And that's why people typically choose plant-based. But really, three reasons that you you see that first-time guest coming in. There's always been a catalyst. They've been to the doctor. The cardiologist said, you probably need to think a little differently about how you're eating so sometimes that first catalyst is health secondly the environment this next generation is being raised on being much better stewards of the planet than we ever were and then lastly obviously your animal uh your animal compassion uh people that just love animals and just can't understand how someone could actually you know kill an animal and, and eat them so uh, we're you know it's really those three big topics that bring people in but uh uh, you know, I just think as we try to figure out, you know, long term how we're going to feed the world, plant based has to be a big part of that going right. forward.
1: That makes
0: perfect sense. Shatsy, Shatsy, you ready for this? I was yep. listening to Karen give an answer to your question. Mm-hmm. I think I, I got it. Ready? Here comes. Just made it up. <laughs> go big or go home.
1: I love that, Jimmy. Did you coin yeah, that? I, I I think I just did. I, I just, love it. Go big or go home. No, Karen, foods, oh, yes. go, big go big or <laughs> go home. Now, Karen, say, look, native foods, new tagline. Go go big.
0: Go. Otherwise, you're just a tourist. You just you're just a plant based tourist. I tell you, if I you agree. ain't going bigger. All right, listen. I'm thinking we got a little bit of a theme going on here today uh, with myths. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with and keep running with it. In addition to native foods, Karen, you sit on several boards, including Kira Sushi and Checkers and Rally tonight. Name just two. I think the general, me, I sub- think Karen may be some more boards than you. It I sound more boards with me? So, so, but here's, but I think there's a general assumption uh, that when it comes to board seats, it's really just LinkedIn bragging rights, and no <laughs> one brags, no one brags on LinkedIn more than uh, yeah, let's say I don't want to name this names, guy. But, but not Karen, not myself, but it might be the other person on this call, but LinkedIn bragging guy. rights. Can you can you share once again maybe or may, can you once again bust bust a myth and share more about the work you do
1: for the board seats that you hold?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, look, it, it's, it's it's an honor. and It's always, I think everybody always try to figure out how to get on your first board, right? But the, for the way I look at it, I kind of to look at my my career, I guess, is to say, and I heard Greg Flynn use this word once. He said, I'm in my learning years and then I went to my earning years. I was said I did my learning years, my earning years, and now I'm in my give back years. And that's kind of how I look at board service. You know, I think uh, I, I, my first thought is I want to lead this industry much better uh than with the way it was when i came into it i want to make sure that people look at this uh the food service industry as a real career and not a stepping stone to something else and i love this i love this industry so much that uh, uh you know i i love to uh, to be on on boards and and again to try to give back but if you do it right i think the myth is it's a lot of work we've all sat in a lot of board meetings over the years and you know the people that have come in that are i think you got you got like three types of board members who people who just phone it in they've not paid any attention to the, the materials that you've gotten you got the people who want to manage the company and you got people who do it right um that are really there to thinking that you know i it's it's really a role of governance right it's a book it's a role of oversight yep. so in other words our job is to make sure you've got right the the right strategy the right, the right financial budget, and you got the right leader that can that can execute it. That's our job, right? And I think people sometimes miss that, but it's a lot of work. I go to every board meeting incredibly prepared uh, and to serve a lot of different roles there. If I wasn't an operator, and first, first and foremost, restaurant operations are my favorite thing in the whole world. But uh, if I didn't do that, I'd be like Jimmy. I'd be like a finance guy because I love the finance side.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, let's let's stick with uh, with board seats and, yeah. and brands. Uh, checkers and Rally, you sit on the board there, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. Okay. And and that's a great now. And, and let's talk about tech and innovation. I understand that when it comes to tech and innovation, and and checkers and rallies, where they pioneered the drive-through technology, that I understand was your idea. You brought that <laughs> to the board, <laughs> and and they're like. They were going to Karen, this is why you're on the board. You're bringing, you're bringing the ideas is this tell me that's true. And how'd you come up with the idea?
2: Well, actually. Uh, well, you know what? There might be a little truth to that. And I never uh-huh. really thought There's uh-huh. a little <laughs> truth.
1: I knew it was a little truth. Uh-huh. You see? So, so tell us. So you basically changed the entire direction of Checkers and Rowdy's <laughs> business model. And you're on the board. I mean, you should be the, you should be run that whole company. You see, Karen, you gave him an inch. And look what he did. He took three I know, feet. I
2: know. I know. You guys are going to like, uh, I, I guess we all have a, some kind of. Yeah, going to be
1: asked to leave the board tomorrow. Yeah, I
2: know. <laughs> if you guys have not met Frank. Frances Allen, she is amazing. What she's doing at Checkers and that leadership team is so cohesive. It, it is kind of funny you brought that, but you know I've known the guys over at Presto for a long time, Raj, and uh, and and uh, and I think Randy uh, had given me a call and just said, "Hey, can you introduce us to Francis?" Uh, so that okay, it was like a simple introduction. That's my only claim in that whatsoever. There
1: you go. But, and And the drive-through technology. <laughs>
2: but it's, it's so cool. You know, I hear a lot of brands talking about just because of the labor market. We all know that there's what five hundred to six hundred and fifty thousand uh, restaurant workers that haven't returned and they might not return. So we've got Agreed. to find Agreed. technology solutions for that. So, you know what? I honestly, look, we've all been through the drive-through. I've worked in QSR for many, many years. Actually, it's nice when you go up and somebody answers you. I don't care if it's so if it's a computer or, you know, some type of an AI type of a product. The fact that I'm getting a response right away and they actually can understand what I'm saying and translate it and ask good questions. It's a win for all of us. So I'm uh, doing some great work with that there.
0: Yep. That's awesome. You well, know, I dig it. And listen, um, I know from our past conversations uh, and from hearing you speak on the conference circuit, um, and, and you brought it up even earlier uh, in, in in the podcast. You, you're really a big believer in the give back. Um, you know that nurturing and supporting, you know, talent is you know uh, on the top of your list of priorities. Uh, and to be a very positive and strong mentor and leader. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but but I do understand that that some or maybe even a lot of this stemmed, you know, from your own um, career and early in your career. After and I can't believe it. Um, I could believe it, it was Shatzi, but you were passed over. Seven seven times for a promotion, seven times you were passed over. Can you share a little bit of this story and how the experience guided you through the rest of your career?
2: <laughs> you know, it, it is really interesting. I think, you know, it was earlier on in my career and, uh, uh, you know, it was it, the thing, that prolific time when uh, quick service restaurants were, were just growing like crazy. And, uh, I, you know, I kept putting my name in, well, no, I didn't put my name in that was probably part of the problem too. But, Uh, they they just kept going for the next, the next director of operations, the next director of operations. And each time I kept thinking, Oh, it's going to be me. Right. And, uh, so each time I would think, okay, well, my restaurants, the most profitable, you know, or am I developing enough talent? Okay. I didn't get it this time. Do I have the best food cost? I mean, I tried to think of every possible thing that would get me to the top of the list. And I remember walking in, I was like the seventh time. And uh, my, my boss was there and he's like, hey, Karen, how you doing? It's going to be a great day. Back then, we had to actually go pick up the paychecks on Saturday and deliver them to all of our restaurants. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and so he was like, I, I've got some great news. and I'm like, hooray, this is it. I am finally going to get this promotion. And then he said, hey, Karen, there's someone here that I want you to meet. Uh, and once again, we're going to ask you to train him when he's done. He's going to be your boss. So, here me trying to be the like Ray
1: Crock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was McDonald's. I know. Oh, but oh, I this is Wendy's. That. Yeah. Oh, I
1: thought that's where we're going. Okay. I
2: know. But no, I just like trying to, you know, I should have been nice and professional to my new boss. And I throw my hands on my hips and I said, Are you kidding me, Ron? When's it going to be my turn? And he said, Are you kidding me, Karen? There's not a person in this company that thinks you want to move up. And I thought, Geez. Did you tell him you want a new car? Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, it's kind of one of the things where it was like, you know what? It's not the way the game is played. If people think you can put your head down, get great results and just come to work every day trying to give it your best. Again, it's not how the game is played. You have to be an advocate for yourself. Yes. You have to step up and let people know what you want to do. And I think that was a big lesson for me earlier in my career to have the courage to speak up. And say what I wanted to do, and I think that's part of the way that I've uh, been able to move up the ladder. And what
0: story they gonna... give you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to I take that story and I'm going to rebrand it as the John Cusack uh, story. I forget. Uh, Wade was it Wade Dobbler In say anything, Chatsy? Say anything, right? Say anything. Yep. How did he get Diane wanna... Court? How did he get Diane <laughs> Court to go out with him? Get ready for it. He asked. That's
1: right. <laughs> man, ask. You gotta ask. You gotta, you gotta ask. ask. And you know what she said, Jimmy? Yes. Said yes. Said yes, and no one could believe it. You know, listen, it's a great story, and just sticking on the give back part because, uh, you know, I think you touched on that. And talk a little bit about this, this, this um, nonprofit that you started, uh, the Gleam Network. Give a give us a little bit about what that is and what you're doing at that nonprofit, uh, because it's really cool stuff. Can you just touch on that a little bit?
2: Gosh, yeah. Thanks for even giving me the uh, the opportunity to speak about that. You know, I think it's going to be one of the best things that I've been able to do in the entire, in the industry since I've been around.
1: All right. That was amazing. Thank you, Karen, for <laughs> that. Karen.
2: that was
1: Jimmy, it's really unbelievable what Gleam is doing over there, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, next section. <laughs> I am not
2: going to let that one go.
1: I'm not touching that chat. I'm passing yeah. it right back to Karen. Yeah. Passing it right back.
2: Exactly. But Gleam is globally, it's got a kind of a mouthful, so it's easier just to say Gleam Network, but it's. Mm-hmm global leadership, and mentorship enhancement. So what we try to do, and if you could think back in your career when you had that one mentor that made a difference, and one of the things that most people say is, why didn't I find that mentor sooner? You know, that I would have gotten maybe that sage advice that could have made a difference for me sooner. So that's what we did with Gleam. Uh, Sanjeev Rosden with Coffee, uh, Bean, and Leaf. You've got uh, Teresa Teresa Bowers from 7-Eleven. Rohit Kapoor, who's recently with Starbucks, Andy Hooper, you guys have met him from her yep, house, sure. uh, Low Middlebron from Reef, uh, and and a host of others that have gotten together. And what we do is we pair mentors and mentees. And what we, we're we asking you to do is help that mentee work on one big thing. That's it, one big thing. We ask our mentor to commit to six months, meet with that person one hour a month. Shotzi the, and Jimmy, the The uh, changing lives part of it makes you want to cry. People get on there and uh, say, I was working on my one big thing. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. We had one person that uh, here we've got someone on our board that was at Starbucks. And this was a Starbucks uh, hourly employee who ended up getting in the management program from his mentor from Gleam, you know, or we had one person that was working on something totally different. In each quarter, we have like a, a kind of a big Zoom get-together uh, where it's called, we call it an all-hands meeting. And we'll have several of our mentees get on and talk about what they learned. And the one lady got on and she started talking about my one big thing was something totally different. And she said, what I gained was confidence. If anybody would have asked me three months ago, four months ago, could I even speak to more than one person at a time, it wouldn't have happened. But I gained a whole new level of confidence. That's going to take me wherever I want to in my career. That makes it all worthwhile. So, yeah, I'm going to try to get you guys to sign up and um, and be a mentor. Uh, I'd to-
1: love it. I'd love it. I love. No one's ever asked me to be a mentor.
2: Well, I see. wonder why, Jimmy. I wonder
1: why, Jimmy. You guys both went silent on that. They're like, yeah, we know why, Shad. Yeah. <laughs> you That's both went the,
0: immediately the, quiet. The bubble in my head was, uh, was I thought was I thought you were asking a rhetorical question. Yeah. I, uh, uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think that does sound very special. And, um, and I'll say it right now on the air. Um, um, we would be honored uh, to get involved um, in Gleam. Uh, that and would be network awesome. and participate. Um, this is an industry we truly love um, and uh, and giving back to it is uh, incredibly important to us. It's one of the joys I think we get out of working with such young and emerging companies um, is to kind of see the world through their eyes and help them navigate. Um, listen, I want to I keep us moving uh, along. Um, I always enjoy this segment. Um, it's the talking back segment. Shatz and I uh, clearly started this podcast because we enjoy talking to people. And by we, I'm not French, I mean me. Um, but, um, but we also learned along the way that sometimes our guests have questions for us. So, uh, our producer created talking back. We, uh, offer our guests a chance to ask us a question or two, as we like to say, nothing is off the table. Karen, the microphone is yours.
2: <laughs> I know. And I'm going to shamelessly, uh, kind of stick oh, with native foods because yes. I- Because I have to ask you guys this. As as you said, I'm operations and and financial driven and marketing is not my thing. But you guys are such creative guys. If you had to put together some kind of advertising campaign, and I already heard from you, Jimmy, go big or go home. But how would you get non-vegans to come in and try a plant-based meal? What's your angle? What's your message? Yeah,
1: I, I will take a stab at this, Jimmy. And what I would do is I would not tell them. I would... Blatantly lie to everybody and say that it is real chicken and real everything and see how that goes. Jimmy, what do you think?
0: I, I, um, I'm going to say that's pretty bad. That's, that's, that's do you, don't tell them that's bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Idea, what do you mean? Don't eat one of those um, chicken sandwiches. What the difference? I like actually, Karen, I think you have the points and then, and Shatsy certainly is more, uh, and with our marketing team, uh, out front and in and throughout the industry. Um, but you hit on the points of the health, you hit on the points of the environment, you hit on the points of the animal rights. Um, we've had the privilege of, of, dining we have we own a bunch of restaurants here in new york we've had some of our friends uh join us whether they're vegetarian or they're vegan and what they try to make help us understand is that it's it's not always one thing it could be a combination of things but at the end of the day it is the quality of the food that they enjoy and eating and the enjoyment that comes with it so i part of me would be is i think you guys and i love the og you guys have an array and a menu and offering that is first and foremost, really good, really great food. And then there's enough choices that I think people can navigate whatever it is that's important to them. Um, whether it's because of uh, the animal issue, because of the health issue, because of the environment issue. But at the end of the day, if they're going to go to a native uh, native foods, it's going to be because they get really good food. Um, so to me, I think there's, you lead with the really good food and everything else is isn't it great that this is what's going on, that this is what they're contributing to? But the lead story, and maybe this is what chat's meant to say, <laughs> is not the lying part. What do you mean lie? It we it have, like really, we have really great food. And the fact is there are other benefits and whatnot that, that one gets to participate and contribute
1: to that comes along with eating really great food. Just I, really I, great I was, food. I, I agree Just with you. Just really I, great food. I think the um, to, to Jimmy's point, the since 1994, I think is really something you got to hit home because you can't be in this business for that many years and not be serving high quality delicious food. And I think that's what we all know about the restaurant business like, you know, Jimmy and I eat a couple restaurants here in New York City that have been around since literally the 60s. And, you know, it's just, if you're around that long, you got to be doing something right. You have to, because pe- people won't come back if the food, if the it, it, you just don't last in this business. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the number is 80, 85% of restaurants fail in the first year, something to that effect. So you guys around for that long. You take that combined with not telling anybody that it's uh, <laughs> like I said earlier. <laughs> and I think you got a plan, right? So it's not really lying. It's just you're leaving that part out and just get them in there, say we've been serving great food since really 94. Yep. Yeah, and that's it. All right, listen, that's what we're gonna, that's what we're leaving that with. And then I'm, and then the other thing is, I would talk to Julie our marketing genius. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's go to the, the food service feud. We, we, we banged this out a couple of episodes ago, and it got such great response, we brought it in. So we're going to play the food service feud. It's going to be Jimmy versus Karen. And we asked over 100 billion people on LinkedIn. We put up a poll <laughs> question, and we asked them what the most popular regional coffee brands are. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's play the feud. Go, Karen. Jimmy, jump in. Who's going to go first?
2: Starbucks. Is that what you're
1: it, it, you're going to, it's, it's, I'm looking for regional, but you want to go Starbucks? That's not on the board. It's not on the store. <laughs> That's not on the board, Karen. Jimmy, regional, I, regional, I, regional, popular regional. I don't think Karen beeped in. I don't think she was,
0: I didn't hear oh that yeah. beep. So that, I didn't it was that. a beep. So by the way, so first of all, to kind of support my friend, Karen, I'm going to bother you and say Dunkin' Donuts but, or just Dunkin', but just to bother you because you said regional. So yeah. let me go with, uh. so let me go with um, uh, Grumpy's.
1: Grumpy's. I don't even. I don't even know if that is a brand, but I think Jimmy just made that one up. Oh, well, there's, a, there's a Grumpy's by my house. <laughs> I think Jimmy just made up Grumpy's coffee. <laughs> hey, anybody out there listening that wants a good coffee brand? <laughs> you could use the name Grumpy's and give Jimmy five percent. <laughs> the answer. The, maybe we shouldn't go regional
0: with okay. this group. <laughs> okay, just just to be sure clear, just to be, just to be clear, the name of the place is Cafe Grumpy. And it is, it is a regional, it is, there is Gr- Cafe Grumpy.
1: Right, that Cafe is a Grumpy. Regional, Cafe Grumpy. Well, no one's ever heard of you, Jake. <laughs> okay. I listen, to the answers that we were looking for. The number one on the board was PJ's Coffee out of uh, New Orleans. Everyone knows PJ's. Uh, Blue Bottle Coffee. No, Blue Bottle. Phil's Coffee. I know they're yeah. out in, uh, in Cali over in San
2: Francisco. They're here. Yeah, I mean, everyone
1: goes crazy. And then, of course, Bluestone Lane, which oh, originated in, uh, down in Australia, our friends down yeah. in Australia. And I think uh, Nick Stone, by the way, is going to be here next week on our podcast. Nice. Jimmy. Nice. By the way,
0: by the way, you know what that, you know what that's the sound of? You know what that's the sound of? That's oh, the Lord. sound that's the sound of the food service feud segment
1: dying. <laughs> I, agree. Uh-huh. I agree. And this was the last food service feud <laughs> segment. Karen that's, was on it. Yeah. Thank you, Karen.
2: Well, thank you. But Blue Stone Lane was my second choice. I just got to talk to Nick on the phone the other day. My friend Amy Hom went to work over there as well, so... Uh, that's I'm going to do this one more time. All right,
1: listen. Uh, buzz in when you want. Most popular regional coffee brand, go. Karen, <laughs> what are you going to say?
2: PJs! PJs! No one
1: to the board, Jimmy. No one to the board. There we go. All right. Karen knows regional coffee. Yes. Jimmy, you not so much. Yes, the All free turban right, is back. back. Oh, yes, God, yes, no yes. Was All pathetic. right. Yes, fair enough.
0: Listen, uh, you remember at the top of the episode, I asked Karen, or rather, I asked that, I brought the question true or false? Karen convinced George Clooney to work a shift at Wendy's. Shatz, care to guess? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: this wouldn't come up with this question if she didn't, because it would really be terrible. So I'm going to say, yes, Karen, <laughs> she did do it. Yes, she did that, yes.
2: Oh, gosh. All right,
1: Karen, I you're up. That,
2: okay, well, it wasn't an actual restaurant shift, but uh, the, the story is, is, is true. I was uh, setting up a town hall meeting, uh, I was a vision vice president for Wendy's at the time and I was upstairs in a hotel in Minnesota and uh, I was up there by myself, you know, hanging up the signs, arranging the tables and things. And uh, the, the hotel manager said, hey, would you mind if we've got one client that uh, just needs a little privacy? We're going to set him up at the bar over here. I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. So he guy comes up really good looking. I have to throw that out there. Uh, I give him Wendy's hat. He puts the hat on and and, uh, you know, moving tables around or hanging banners. I'm like, hey, is this straight? No, no, you, Karen, you, you need to move this. And so for an hour, he sat and helped me, like, arrange everything. <laughs> and at the end of it, we're going down the elevator together. My assistant walks in the elevator and she goes, oh, my God, that's George Clooney. And I go, who?
1: <laughs> you, <see? laughs> you had no idea?
2: Uh, this was, I guess he was on ER back at the time. So I'm dating myself once again. I had no idea, so I'm sick about it, even today. But, wow, was he an awesome Wow, one.
1: look at you working with him. I And know. he had no idea. I remember George Clooney. Wait, Jimmy, his first, he was in, um... What was that? He was with uh, with, you know, Michael. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, show, Growing, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. I yes. think he was originally on. Right. I think yes. he was uh, Mallory's uh, boyfriend or something like that. <laughs> That's really dating right now. That's really dating ourselves. That's like 1980s. Well, listen, that is a great story. And uh, so he was
2: kind of working at Wendy's. Yeah. God,
1: what a nice guy, though. And you to were, you had no idea who he was.
2: I did not. I do <laughs> now. I think that's why it all worked. I think it all worked that way. He, and you see him at the bar and you say,
0: oh my God, you're George Clooney. He would have said, uh, manager of the hotel,
1: find me another private space. Find me another private space.
2: So
1: uh, can you call George Clooney now and ask him, uh, to work at Wendy's or, 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 at native Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't
2: think that's going to happen. Yeah. I just no. don't think
1: that's going to happen, that but it's is. a no, good Yeah, He was, he was only making ER money back yeah. then. Now yeah. he's, you know, now he's making, I don't know Shad, what kind of
0: money. Shads, is. I swore you were going to say, could you call George Clooney right now and give him Jimmy's wife's phone number? That's what I thought you were
1: going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was code. That was code. <laughs> All right, listen, let's get into the branded quickfire quick fire because Karen's got to get back there and start running some of our creative marketing ads for Native Foods. She's got right. a lot of work to do. So I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions, okay? Don't think too hard. Are you ready? Yes. Favorite George Clooney movie?
2: Hmm. Oh brother, where art thou? Oh
1: nice. that's a, that's a movie and he was in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you I think it was
1: nominated for something. I think maybe the Oscars. Where
2: uh
1: I th- I'd probably go like uh what uh, Oceans Eleven or something like that. But I don't know. Jimmy, what would you go with?
0: I'm gonna change the name of the segment I mean, and the quick fire is gonna no longer be part of it. It's Slow <laughs> Fire. Slow fire, slow well, where fire. Where are you testing. getting dinner from tonight,
1: Karen? <laughs>
2: Well, we've got some influencers in town, so actually going to my own restaurant, Native Foods.
1: Awesome. You What's your favorite food city in the world? Chicago. Nice. <laughs> Where is Solid. your favorite place to travel?
2: Gosh, uh, Europe. I just went for my birthday to Munich for uh, Oktoberfest. Put on oh, the dirndl. Oh. My husband had the Later Hose, and we drank a lot of beer. Life is good.
1: Life is good. All right. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a timed contest to complete. A New York Times crossword puzzle. And we're talking about the Sunday one, the big one. Big one. We have better odds of beating.
2: Wow. Uh, God, I always bet on myself. But, Chatsy, since you knew that Sunday was the big one, I'm going to have to go with you. You beat me. No no you I've like, got you beat me look
1: I've got a streak going No no I, I by the way I don't Jimmy do you do crossword puzzles cuz I'm the worst at crossword puzzles.
0: I by the way I'm so impressed um, that she actually essentially she was saying she'd have a better chance of beating me and that you were better at this and I was a little surprised but I want to shocked. acknowledge I'm shocked I'm shocked but I I'm acknowledge shocked too. but I want to acknowledge I'm a fair and good sport Karen did give the victory on this one to Shatsy, so I think my record... I, think, I don't uh, think you
1: understood the question, though, Jimmy. I think if I ask it again, she'd be like, oh, no, I would beat you, and well, that would I, be me.
2: I thought I had to pick between the two of you, although, like I said, I probably haven't missed one in 10 years, so...
0: So I, she's saying she beat I'm, us both. I'm pretty good. Go.
2: I'm pretty All good right. at that and dispelling me. Oh, okay. All
0: right. Yeah. All All right. right. I'm going I'm to accept, accept Karen's answer as is because that makes the score out of 86 uh, Hospitality Hangout episodes, uh, uh, Jimmy 84, Shat 2. So you just doubled. You just doubled your production here today, Shatsy. Well done. Uh, to who, to uh, who would you it, rather I do be? Very, I don't do
2: very well. at All right, here Karen. To make listen. It feel good.
0: It's all good. We, so we want to thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast, on the hangout, and for all your great insights. Well, we, we very much appreciate all the hard work you and your team do uh, for, the, uh, for this industry that we love so much. Um, if you want to get in touch with Karen directly, please email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy. Happy to make the introduction. Um, and finally, to all our listeners, uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And the fact that you choose to hang out with us and continue to grow our subscriber base is something we value and we appreciate and we thank gonna, you
1: for it. Hey, Jimmy, I'm just going to throw in, first of all, if you want to order native foods or you want to find out a native foods, go to nativefoods.com. Am I correct? Yes. NativeFoods.com. Okay. And right now, Karen is so kind. She's running a contest. It's one of her, uh, the branded, uh, native foods first collaboration. We are doing a marketing contest, um, for the best new advertising campaign. <laughs> so please, if you have an idea for the advertising campaign for native foods, please send that in to podcast at brandstrategic.com. We will then get it to Karen. She will select the winner. The winner will get native foods for life. They will (laughs) eat native foods for them and their entire family for life at any of their locations. So I think that's extremely generous. And all you need to do is come up with a really great, uh, marketing campaign for native food. So thank you, Karen. That is super generous. We appreciate you uh, doing that for our, our listeners. Yes. Yes. I'm
0: sure Karen's board appreciates that. And, um, <laughs> and just and just, to help close the loop on that offer, uh, please, uh, when you when you have your marketing campaign, uh, please call one 800 555 and they'll tell you how to submit it so you can claim your uh, potential prize. Um, again, I thank the listeners. I want to make sure you all know that next week, uh, please come back when we have our friend uh, and partner, Mr. Aaron Novishen, founder and CEO of Starbird Chicken. Uh, Aaron is also a legend in this industry. We enjoy him so much, and we think it'll be a lot of fun. You won't want to miss it. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on any of our exciting guests coming up in the future. So, great fun, Karen. Uh, this is Jimmy Frischling. This is, our, uh, is the Shatsy signing off of our, our last podcast. <laughs> (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Cheers, everybody.
1: Yep, cheers everybody. This is awesome. Thanks, Karen.
2: All right. Bye-bye now.